God bless you, God bless you, and God bless even you. Welcome to the Midweek Power Nugget, where 15 minutes of your day can change your entire life. Before we discuss God's word, let us talk to him as he is the one who sends his direction and guidance through his word. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you. We thank you for this day, a day that comes with new mercies, a day that comes with opportunities for new miracles, a day that comes for another chance for you to show yourself mighty and for us to see it. God, thank you for allowing us to have this day. Thank you for keeping us last night. Thank you for keeping us safe through danger seen and unseen. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us so, God, and thank you for allowing us to be a part of your plan. God, we realize and we understand, God, that had it not been for you on our side, there would be nothing to talk about. There would be nothing to testify about. We would not even be here, but God, yet and still, even through our frailties, even through our fallibility, even through our errors, even through our missteps, you still love us. And God, we are eternally grateful for your love. Now, God, as we delve into your word, God, we pray that you would have your way with us. God, that you would speak to us so clearly, speak to us so keenly. God, that we would not be able to deny that we have been spoken to by an almighty God. God, we thank you for those that have assembled on this call, those that have taken of their sleep, God, of their preparation time to be able to hear what it is that you have to say. God, I know you won't disappoint. I know that you will speak to them right at the point of their need. God, we bless you now. We give your name praise. We give your name glory. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. I bless God for you joining me on today to hear what God would have to say. On this morning, our journey through the word will begin We'll begin, uh, we're going to begin in Genesis, Genesis, the second chapter, or Genesis, the third chapter. Genesis, the third chapter, <clears throat> and we will read a few verses from there, and then we will jump to Romans, the first chapter. So Genesis, the third chapter, is where we will begin. And I will start at the first verse. Reading from the New American Standard Bible, it reads as follows. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, had God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from the fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. <clears throat> Let's jump now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's jump now to Romans. 
the first chapter, Romans the first chapter. And we are going to start at the 18th verse, Romans 1, starting at verse 18. Again, reading from the new, excuse me, reading from the new uh, American Standard Bible. Romans 1, starting at verse 18, says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, talking about God, his eternal power and divine nature, has been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their uh, speculations, and their foolish heart was hardened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Uh, let's keep going. Verse 34, excuse me, 24. Therefore God gave them over in the, in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Verse 25 is where I'm trying to get to. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Uh, I'd like to do this. I'd like to just read Romans uh, 1, 18 through 25 from the message. And then we'll be done with our scripture reading. Again, Romans 1, starting at verse 18, reading from the message. But God's angry displeasure erupts as acts of human mistrust and wrongdoing and lying accumulate as people try to put a shroud over truth. But the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion. So there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. They pretended to know it all, but were illiterate regarding life. They traded the glory of God who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines you could buy at any roadside stand. So God said, in effect, if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. It wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen, smeared with filth, filthy inside and out. And all this because they traded the true God for a fake God and worshipped the God they made instead of the God who made them, the God we bless, the God who blesses us. Oh, yes. 
and the word of the Lord is blessed. On this morning with the few moments that I have left, I want to talk to you about what we do instead of what God has done. What we do instead of what God has done. You may say, Apostle, that sounds kind of odd. But in essence, that's what I just read about. You all, we get to a place where we hinge ourselves upon what we do, even what we don't do. We come up with this to-do list in order to be saved, this to-do list in order to become uh, our identity, our to-do list in terms of ticking off the things on the list in order to develop into who God already created you to be. So we find ourselves worshiping, really, and claiming our identity from what we do instead of what God has done. That's what uh, Romans 1, uh, verse 25 says, worshiping the creature, us, the creature, instead of the creator. The Message Bible says, worship the God they made instead of the God who made them. We start to believe that we're human doings instead of human beings. Back in the beginning, Genesis, God created humanity. Chapter 2, if you read it, it says he created us in his image, in his likeness. You all, there is no way for us to be able to improve on what God has already done. I pause for effect. I wanted that to sit and marinate for a minute. We cannot improve on what God has already done. Now, we can continue to shape ourselves or be shaped, not shape ourselves, but be shaped into what God has already done. What do I mean by that? By, 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 by education. If God has already innately created you to be a counselor, then you can go and, and, and get training on how to be the best counselor you can be. So in other words, you're adding to what God has already done. If God has called you to be a preacher, you can't just sit and say, well, God called me to be a preacher. So therefore, I don't have to study. And, 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 and if I just gave you all these two scriptures, uh, Genesis 3 and Romans 1, and that's all I preach from, you would sit and start to wonder very quickly, what kind of preacher is this? They only know two scriptures. Now, I could probably preach the paint off the walls for those two scriptures. But even with that, it would be limited. Why? Because I have not tried to go and hone my skill set. God may have created you to be a physical doctor, a medical doctor. But if you don't go and get the training to go with that, what state will give you a license by you saying, I don't have to go to school, God did it? Come on now. Huh. So you all, we add to in terms of training, 
in terms of getting the knowledge, in terms of getting the skill set to what God has already done. But can I also say this? You can't, you can't say, well, God, I know you created me to be this, but I don't want to be this, so I'm going to do that. And think because you get all the training in the world, all the education in the world, you, you run in all the circles that, re that you know, refer to that particular field of study or that particular skill set, that you're going to force God to change his mind about who he created you to be. Your identity rests in God, not you, not what you want to do, not what you think you are, not who you say you are, not what others say you are. Your identity rests in God, not in what you do, but what God has already done. So in Genesis, the Bible said we were already created in his image and in his likeness. And God declared that we were very good. Remember, every time he created something, he said, this is good. This is good. And God said, this was good. But when he got to creating humanity, he said this was very good. Adam and Eve could have very clearly lived their lives trusting in and resting in the work and the word of God. What God already said about them, that they were very good, resting in the work of God when it was completed. But the enemy was able to come and question the truth of God in their lives and convince them that they were not good enough until they had gone against the word. I hope somebody's hearing me on today. Your identity is wrapped up in that word of God, in the truth of what God is saying about you. And anything that you allow to remove you from believing that truth will cause you to not be who God created you to be. My brothers and my sisters, we have to know that Adam and Eve are not the only ones. We all tend to do this. We move from human beings to human doings. We allow life to lure us into believing lies about God and what he said about us, about ourselves, and we put hope into the stuff that we do to define us. But you all, the word of God offers us something better. The word tells us that he who has begun a good work in us, Philippians 1 and 6, he who has begun a good work in us shall perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. He has already done it in you. It is not in what you do. It's what he's already done. So my brothers and my sisters, take heart. Don't you dare rest on your own laurels, on your own achievements, because those will fade away. They will turn like dust. But what God has done in you will stand forever. Who we are in him will never go away. We're forgiven, we're loved, we're accepted, and we're very good, not because of what we've done or what we do because of what God has already done. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now. God, we give you praise. God, thank you for what you've done in us. God, let us never forget that you do the good work. 
and what you call for us to do is to believe what you say and what you've done in us. Help us, God, to be your change agents as we go out in this world today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. You have an amazingly God-blessed day.